Hello and welcome to the Bizpreneur podcast. I'm Kevin Ross and I'll be diving deep into conversation with entrepreneurs, hearing their stories, the highs, lows, tips, tricks and tactics, and most importantly to see where we can learn and hopefully be inspired. Hello, welcome to episode 12 of the Bizpreneur podcast. On today's episode, I chat to Lauren Oliver of Ali Ali & Co. She created a leisure wear fitness clothing brand made from regenerated ocean waste. Lauren talks to us today about everything from mistakes she's made to the highest points of her business so far. She recently got into a really cool publication. You'll hear about it in the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Give us a tag, Ali Ali & Co. and Bizpreneur podcast. Don't be afraid of stupid questions because you know, if it's your business, you have to understand yourself. And like, I, yeah, I ask questions all the time that you then have to send to the factory and then they send you the first sample, which is always horrendous. Like, because I was also bringing it to the gym and testing it and seeing was it squat proof. But yeah, the company is run from London and that was all fine until Brexit happened. I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying it, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I hand my heart can say that I think I've made every mistake that there can be on in the book. Dear, did you choose your seat? Did you choose to sit there? I chose a seat, yeah. Okay, right, booty. <laughs> can we picture the scene? It's a hot, sweaty, wrapped in a plastic wrapper baguette with like meat that's probably been sitting there for like, I don't know how long. That's microwaved. Lauren Oliver of Ali Ali & Co. You're very welcome to the Bizpreneur podcast. How are we, Kevin? Thank you very much for having me on. I'm delighted to have you on. We have a very interesting story of how we met. <laughs> um, but look, before we go there, it's very funny. It's so <laughs> random. It's Irish. Let's just say that. So look, as we start every podcast, tell everyone who you are and what you do. So I own Ali Ali & Co. It's a sustainable activewear brand where all the fabric is made out of regenerated ocean waste and recycled materials and everything is made, um, manufactured ethically in Portugal. So I am originally from Cork and then came over to London for college. Um, I do, I did diagnostic radiography. So that's all like, like x-rays, CT scans, MRI scans, all that kind of thing. Um, worked in the hospital for a few years and then decided to go traveling. Um, to like to take a year like sabbatical so did a few months in South America and then ended up in um, Peru for a few weeks working in a beach bar <laughs> which was very fun um, but when I was working that beach bar um, every Friday we used to get the whole community together and we would do a beach clean um, and everyone ha would have like a drink afterwards and it was really, really nice. Was such um, like a good atmosphere, cool vibe. It was like. so lovely. And like the hostel that um, that the beach bar was on, you literally walked out the gate and you were on the beach. So you were right beside it. It was stunning. But every single week we were just pulling so much from the water, from the sand, just like plastic bottles and um, beer cans, the like things that the plastic that holds like the that beer goes cans around together. like the six like, beer cans. Yeah, of plastic. yeah, yeah. yeah. So much stuff. And I think it's it was the first time that I'd actually seen with my own eyes, like plastic pollution. And this was probably around like 2016, 2017 time. So like I feel like it's gotten huge now. People are a lot more aware. But like at this time, I really, really wasn't educated on how bad ocean plastic and ocean pollution was. Um, and it really stuck with me. Um, and then after my few months in South America, 
I then worked as a radiographer in Australia for another couple of months. And when I was there, I saw this swimwear brand and they were using this fabric that used ocean pollution in their fabric. So basically the process was that divers and trawlers and things would go out. They'd collect things like um, discarded fishing nets and different kind of like textile waste and things that was on the surface of the ocean. They'd bring it into their factory, they'd purify it down and then re-thread the yarn and make it into like normal stretchy fabric. Wow. Which is phenomenal. It's absolutely amazing what can be done these days. And um, so I'm someone who's like super active. I like did loads of sports growing up. Um, in London, I was always in and out of the gym. It was kind of how I dealt with like stress and things. I was like looking at it and I was like, you can use it for swimwear, but it's the same kind of stretchiness that you have in activewear. And I'd never seen anything in activewear that is using these kind of recycled materials. So started doing like a little bit of research and whatever, couldn't find anything. And yeah, that's where the idea kind of first started. I was thinking like this would make brilliant fabric to work out in. It's compressive, it's got UV protection. So if you're running outside, it would be perfect fabric for that. Um, and then when I realized that there was kind of a gap in the market for it, I when I came back to London, I decided let's just go for it. Like let's let's, let's kind of you know let's brand. yeah let's see if we can kind of create something. Wow. Yeah. Oh I mean God. like yeah it it was uh, like I really didn't know anything about manufacturing as I said like I'm I'm a radiographer I take x-rays that's that's all I'm kind of trained for I have no business experience or anything like that but how did that whole process work of you trying to figure out who do I go to so, you know am I going to the right yes. person you know am I going to spend a fortune and realize oh my god and after ordering a big batch now that's totally wrong that's not what I wanted <laughs> like how did that whole oh that happened as well okay <laughs> that definitely <laughs> happened oh my god trust me it's all gonna come out everyone always laughs when I say this uh because it seems so simple but I literally just googled everything like you know how to find a factory how to find the fabric things like that like you really can just use the internet and Google as much as you can. And I think it's something that I think a lot of, I do get a lot of DMs from other small businesses that are kind of thinking of starting up things. And like the first questions they always ask is like, where are you manufacturing and what fabric to use? And things like, you know, questions where it took me weeks and weeks and weeks and even months to kind of find the right fit. And I think at start up a business, you do need to sort of learn those sort of research skills and how to problem solve um, as opposed to just kind of copying another company and just you know use their kind of what their business plan is and things exactly you kind of need to figure it out yourself to kind of learn from your own mistakes you know, exactly it's, it's a huge learning process but then on the flip side of that there's also I think with the small business community everyone is so helpful with each other like I'm more than happy to help and you know I'm not going to give away like names exactly but I can say this is where I went to to find them and you'll be able to find loads of different ones and then if you want to visit them yourself and make up your own mind or whatever then I'm more than happy to do that and a lot of people were really good to me in that way as well just ask a million questions ask everybody questions and you know you'll you'll definitely find your answer to things and Lauren going on that do you find that you're actually after becoming probably closer to your probably direct competitors where you know chatting if someone has an issue they're like oh I, I don't know the answer to this yeah. and, you're and you're able to go to someone and say look I don't know what to do here or whatever it might be you know Absolutely. because I, I even find it in myself like in the bouncy castle industry 
I know them all, you know, and we're all, yeah, uh, yeah. anytime someone's stuck, they give us a buzz or if someone needs yeah. like, need help in any way, it's just like, oh yeah, give a phone call and it's great, you know. Yeah, and that's what's so lovely about it. Like I'm in a couple of different like WhatsApp groups of other small businesses and like there'll be times when like some new thing will be brought in on Instagram and everyone's like, oh my God, what, what are we doing? Has your engagement gone down? Like, you know, it's just this little support network that like be completely honest and be like, this is awful thing is happening to me this week. Like, how's everyone's sales going? Like, have you found there's been a bit of a dip after Christmas or, you know, things like that. And you just feel so much more supported and everything. And I think that's just so nice because I think everyone's kind of starting at the same point and we're all kind of trying to figure it out mm -hmm. together. Nobody knows what they're doing. So like having a little bit of support to lean on is just so lovely. And then where did you make the decision to go from being a radiographer the sabbatical was basically I had you know done my three years of diagnostic radiography the whole way through my degree I was working in a hospital on placement so I had like all my friends who were going on J1s they were you know doing degrees where they only had like 12 hours a week or something like that whereas I was wor working Monday to Friday nine to five in a hospital like full-time pretty much and then once I graduated again was straight back into that job so after I I was like two years post graduating so that was nearly like five years of working and I was just I, I absolutely loved it and I still love radiography but I think I was just kind of like, I just want to have a bit of fun. Like, I just want to go off and just explore the world a little bit. I'd always want to go traveling. I actually went to South America by myself as well, um, which was, yeah, I just was in this phase of just like, I just want to like push the boundaries and just, yeah, just go off and explore. How was that actually? Because that's a, like, um, I know it's nothing got to do with business entrepreneurship or anything like that, but I mean, going to the opposite side of the world on your own and saying, I'm just going to just explore, you know? And then, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think it was a bit nuts, um, <laughs> especially as when I got there, I realized that like I'd done French in school, I could speak Irish, but like I had zero Spanish and so many areas, I was, especially in the rural areas, nobody speaks English. And I was like, yeah, I ended up when I got to Colombia just doing two weeks of very intensive Spanish lessons because I was not able to get by otherwise. But no, I, I was it was one of the best experiences of my life, I think. I actually, I've never really thought about it, but talking about it now, I think the confidence I got from going off and doing something like that myself, I think there were so many situations where I didn't know what was going on, didn't know how to get to the next place. People couldn't speak Spanish, whatever, but at the end of the day, I still made it through. Nothing terrible happened to me. I managed to figure it out. I think when I was setting up the company, I was like, same mentality like you know if you could go off to South America for four four or five months by yourself um or you could move to Australia or whatever what's the worst that can happen with the business like it doesn't go well and then what I still have a radiography career you've gotten so far you have security of the radiography in the background which yeah. is fabulous like support know. to know okay right if yeah. this hits the fan I have something to go back yeah. to which is great too you know yeah and that's another lesson actually I I would definitely say that I learned and was really grateful for when I set up the company I I definitely don't think starting your own company these days is such a, a big thing like everyone wants to be an entrepreneur these days and, and whatever and I think there's a lot of kind of glamorization of it online you see kind of TikToks of people just you know making six figures in like a week after launching and you know just these and they're in they're viral stories because they're so motivational and they're so inspirational but like that is very very a very small minority of what actually happens Completely. in day to day and I think sometimes people are like I hate my job I'm just going to quit I'm going to set up a company and just sort of 
go make my for six it, figures great <laughs> without without having the um without having the kind of security behind it like i definitely think if anyone is thinking of setting up a business definitely have a lot of savings behind you or just start really small and keep doing your day job for you know as long as you can until it gets to a point where you've proven your concept you've proven that there's demand and that you can you know sustainably live off that um and it's growing and whatever in the future because i think then it just puts too much pressure on you otherwise like if you've no job and this is the only thing you're clinging on to bring in your rent and your pay your bills and whatever it's yeah it'll just be too much on your shoulders i think start small have your security and then build on from that and also just to as you said do your market research you know like i mean yes, even if it absolutely. goes to the local enterprise office that's here yeah, in ireland yeah. is to just get advice from them there's people there talk it through create a business plan is this feasible because yeah. uh, like not everyone has the the support of having the job behind you you know it's great because yeah me myself i'm working for the college at mtu which is fabulous because yeah. you can you can afford to take a bit of risks when you're in the business then to say, look, I still have my wage coming in, you know, which is great. And then Lauren, you have like, you know, you've everything from the factory to the fabric, to the packaging, to the distribution. Did it take you long to get all that ready before you got your first product and sent your first one out? Oh my gosh, so long, so long. Like, uh, so you obviously, you do all your research, um, to decide you know your designs and all that kind of thing and with factories especially and what was really important to me as well is when I was doing my research you know I was kind of more primarily looking at the fabrics and then started kind of doing a bit of a deep dive into the fashion industry and I was absolutely shocked by some statistics of like the factory conditions that people were working in um and it, it was kind of part of the whole concept and the core bit of of, of Ali Ali and Co is that it's it's a, a company that wants to be kind to the planet so that includes it's not only the you know the oceans we're protecting and you know the, the fish in the oceans but also the people who are working there as well and i think um sorry this is actually a total tangent but i just feel like it's so important to say it go for it um you know there's a lot of companies now that are absolutely greenwashing i'm gonna like h&m right primark they're having these sustainable companies um i'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying it but i'm gonna say it anyways they're coming in they're using you know, um, sustainable fabrics, which is great, it's a good step, but they're still not paying their their factory workers properly. They're still overproducing so that a lot of their produce that isn't sold is going getting thrown away and they are fast fashion outlets. So what was so important to me was that the whole supply chain, and this is why it took so long as well with the research, is that the whole supply chain from the the fabric to the factory that I was working in to getting my my samples shipped across instead of flown so the mileage the air mileage and their carbon footprint was lower wow. that the packaging is compostable and um, everything all the the packaging is re- recyclable or compostable it's every single step of the journey is as eco-friendly as possible and that was where i felt like i was a bit i was different to a lot of the other brands out there um but yeah with the with the whole factories the manufacturing so we'd worked i'd worked out a timeline i started working with this designer again googled her because i was just like i had my little like stick figure pictures of like this is what i wanted to look like and i had like my mood board and everything but like for activewear design you have to have a thing called a tech pack and that's like the actual technical specifications of like the measurements of like how thick you want the waistband how long you want the legs like really really specific things that you then have to send to the factory and then they send you the first sample which is always 
horrendous like it's always it's never like the first sample is always awful and, it like, probably came in the like, door and like, you were like after all this like, this is what I, I know <laughs> and like because I was shipping it instead of flying it it just took a few more weeks to arrive and like the big moment arrived my first ever sample of like what we'd been working on whatever and like there was stitches inside out and like the lengths were all wrong. There was there was just so much that I was just like, oh my God, this process is just going to take 10 times longer than I expected, but it's fine. And like we went through about six or seven rounds of sampling because I was also bringing it to the gym and testing it and seeing was it squat proof and, you know, just seeing it's very different and just trying it on and then looking in the mirror and being like, oh, that's nice to actually working out in it and being like, okay, when I start doing burpees or I start running it starts to slide down and that was something that I was like no it needs mm-hmm. to be you know really technical not just sort of like fashion leggings like I wanted to be actually really technical in the gym so that process took I'm gonna say the best part of a year to be honest between all the sampling and things back and forth and then also my factory take a um all of August off for holidays it's just a like you know they get treated very well okay <laughs> so they get like a month you know you say you're really they're definitely getting the, rest the, yeah the, the planet <laughs> you're really minding these people yeah <laughs> exactly yeah they're having they have a lovely um four weeks holiday in August so then that kind of delayed things a little bit as well but yeah finally got the stuff nearly a year afterwards and then yeah then started started going with it but I do think you know you don't want to rush these things you you really really want to especially when it's your first collection like you're going to make mistakes don't get me wrong like entrepreneurs always say like you look back like five years later and you look back at your first product and you're like embarrassed by it like my first ever packaging I was like I look back at it now and this was like two years ago and I'm like oh my god I can't believe like I hand wrote the postage labels and stuff and like it just looks so unprofessional but like you know you evolve you grow but when you're in the moment you thought yeah this is amazing this is really and you're yeah yeah (laughs) and like you're bootstrapping at the end of the day you're trying to do it as you're trying to keep as lean as possible you're trying to do things within the budget and whatever so you don't go broke from the get-go and yeah you just slowly once the revenue starts coming in you can improve and improve and improve and get to where get to where you need to be and just as you were just uh, uh, touching on it there that's the whole concept of cash flow you know i mean when a business starts it's about like trying to keep the costs down but also keep cash flow there because it's very easy and very doable to go broke very quickly oh absolutely and i also would add that it took me nearly a year to get an accountant because I was just like, oh, it's fine. I'll do it all myself. Like, it's grand. And then when you have to do your, like, end of year taxes and whatever, like, I was like, oh, I've got a radiography degree. Like, I, I you know, I've done <laughs> physics for, like, three years. I'm, you know, I'm a smart girl. Like, it's only a few Excel spreadsheets. I just add up a few things in the calculator. No, no, it's not. It is. You're already, especially, like, I run the business by myself. So, like, everything from the social media to the packaging to the accounts to, like, literally everything is is solo person which in other bigger companies they have full on teams doing everything so then to take on something that you really really are clueless about and that actually has like costly repercussions because if you put in the wrong numbers you then are going to get a massive tax bill and you know you don't want to be getting yourself in trouble so definitely even before you launch I would say get an accountant, work out your, you know, show them your business plan and and say, these are my numbers. Do you think this is viable? You know, do you think we need to change things around or whatever? Do I need to be a bit more realistic about this? And they're really good at setting up a plan for you and just working out your budgets with you. Um, 
and they're the experts they can also you know they know the tricks of the trade as well like if there's things that you can expense and get money back on or whatever like anything that can save you money is definitely good <laughs> it might be a cost at the start of the year but long term it's mm. 100% benefit my accountant I'd say he oh, personally yeah. hates me <laughs> because he's like that returns Kevin and I'm like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 23rd of the month and I'm back to him at the 22nd oh, my God. It's like, yeah. he's oh, like my God. It, it's the one thing I just cannot get my head around and I'm just like no not interested I know and like I ask so many questions as well like they've explained certain things to me over and over again and I'll still always ask and like I think that's the thing as well just don't be afraid of stupid questions because you know if it's your business you have to understand it yourself and like I yeah I ask questions all the time my debrief in my kind of like when he took me on as a client was just so you know now when you're telling me something it's accounting for dummies because I do not know I don't really want to know but if I have to know please dummy it down I mean it was very funny he sent me this message there one day about returns and it was like full on like three or four paragraphs and he goes wait on a second Kevin next thing he sent two sentences and it was like that's what above means (laughs) that's literally like why can't it be like that anyways it needs to be like that anyways and I'm like that's all I wanted to know thanks a million I read those two lines (laughs) I didn't even read the rest and I was like I knew exactly what was happening you know yeah you're like got it perfect done (laughs) you're based in London are you running the whole business from London or are you over back to Ireland or what's the story I am well it is a bit of both so I'm launched in London um, and in March 2020 um obviously that was like not an ideal time as a radiographer working at a hospital launching the month that we all went into lockdown wow um yeah so the first year I didn't get back to Ireland obviously at all um but I did have lots and lots and lots of Irish customers I I'd say in the first year it was nearly 50-50 there was so much home support and I did have a girl um, help me out with a bit of PR um, so I got into like a lot of Irish press and stuff so that really helped too but yeah the company is run from London and that was all fine until Brexit happened and that's when all the headaches started just customs packages delays everything go on I'm so interested to hearing about Brexit oh it's honestly it was such a nightmare Um. So when it first came in, there wasn't really that many issues. I thought it was going to be this huge change. They were saying about having to be like VAT registered and stuff in two different countries. Um, Spoke to my accountant about it, spoke to Irish accountants about it and nobody seemed to know what was going on. I was on like the government websites and like, they were just sending you around in circles. Like I was like, I need to get my pa- like my packages through the border. What do I need to do? It was very um catered to huge businesses. So like there was certain businesses like Deloitte who were offering these packages of a couple thousand for them to take on all of your VAT. So you'd be paying VAT in two countries as well as this annual fee with them. And just, it's it nearly kills small businesses because all of our packages were getting stuck at customs. No one could get it through. Um, I finally have worked out, I've now got a fulfillment in Cork at home. So the Irish packages now are fulfilled from there. Um, but there is a company that I'm actually having a meeting with this week about 
I don't know, should I actually say this, but basically registering in Ireland. So I have a subsidiary in Ireland and a UK branch because I do think in the next few years, I probably at some point will make the move back home. Um, I definitely don't think I'll be in London forever. So I want to kind of get things set up. So, you know, like I'm Irish, I want the, I want the business to be thriving in Ireland mm -hmm. just as much as in the UK. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of like the plan for the future. So hopefully we'll get the, the wheels in motion with that. But yeah, anyone who voted for Brexit can... Yeah. I won't say I, I'm not, I won't say the words on the podcast, but they can do one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. That's the first yeah. time Brexit has been mentioned on the podcast. Really? And then, of course, yeah. I mean, going back to when you said when you started the business, you just went into COVID. You were obviously crazy in the hospital. Things were mental. Yeah. Trying to balance mental. the business there. Yeah, you could never have foreseen it. Like, I finally had my stock ready. I had my website up and running. I had... I launched um, on, it was like the, I think it was the 10th of March I launched. I had a pop-up in a gym. Um, really, it went so well. All my friends came, like there was like a class and then like everyone came to like, I had a little stall and everything afterwards. People were trying all the stuff on. It went way better. Like I had my little target and it just, it went way better than that. And I was just like, oh my God, this is like, this is actually happening. This is amazing. And then what, well, a week after it was Paddy's day and that's when everything started closing down, wasn't it? I remember there was no parade or whatever. And we were like, look, yeah, we'll just write it. Yeah, around the, the 16th. I remember it all kind yeah. of just to... And then suddenly like, I w went into doing like 12 hour shifts at work back to back where like you were just in PPE all day long. It was, you know, I'd come home and it was just, yeah, it was just the most stressful time. And I mean, in some ways it was nice to have the business because it gave me like a positive focus that like I'd come home, I'd shower, I'd have my dinner and then I could sit on my laptop and just focus on like, you know, websites on like issues with the website or, you know, things I could really, really just like block out everything that was going on and just focus on that. So it was good in one way, but I think the hours that I was working plus trying to run a business for the first time when I was really, really had no idea what I was doing was definitely, definitely challenging. But we're, you know, still going two years on. So I managed to make it through. Exactly. <laughs> but like, you know what? Do you know what's really standing out to me there is that you're actually so lucky that just before things got really, really difficult, that you had that pop up that you saw how yeah. people reacted to your product. They tried it on, yeah. you broke your target. Because if you hadn't had that opportunity and you were still saying, I'm starting the business and you were just online, you weren't meeting people in face to face, it probably would have been yeah. a lot harder for you to have belief in the business and say, look, this is going to work. But when you saw that initial reaction on that first day in that gym, it must've been yeah. like, no, this is going to work. Yeah, it just gives you the confidence. And I think off the back of that, like, you know, people were posting it on Instagram and, and, you know, starting to follow and telling their friends about it. And I think what was good as well was um in the, you know, so many people were doing like at home workouts. They were, nobody was wearing jeans. Everyone was wearing activewear. Everyone was wearing loungewear and things like that. And people had gotten so much more into minding their health and fitness and doing all these like online workouts. And as an online business, it, it was a huge opportunity because people were on their, in, like on their phones, Instagram, was like one of the biggest platforms. Everyone was like on their phone 24 seven, yeah. TikTok, all that kind of thing. Um, so I was able to kind of reach a lot more people. So I mean, definitely there was like silver linings. I think, I don't think I would have changed it. Like I think how difficult it was at the start made me realize how 
passionate I was about it and about my my why of like helping with ocean plastic you know trying to do things in a better way and it really made me dead certain that like this is something that I want to keep pursuing and keep working at and keep trying to to make a success are you, are you using Shopify yeah How yeah, yeah. love Shopify I love it I think it's the best I originally had dabbled in Wix um, but no Shopify is absolutely the one that I would recommend to everybody and you have that little ding every time you get a sale yeah <laughs> did you hear it going off well no oh did you get one while oh, you yeah. were <laughs> yeah <laughs> I thought you could hear it, it went off um, like once or twice and, and then you have whole like how online sales just rocketed because everyone was at yeah. home. People were working remotely. They weren't buying their coffees every day. They weren't traveling in their cars. You know, there was yeah. so much more disposable income. And like, I mm. suppose, did you find that it was, it was probably the best time to start the business because yeah. there was yeah. cash flow, there was money coming in, Absolutely. you know, and then like you see it, all right, we're after hitting that slump now where towards the end of 2021, things have started to dip down because, you know, like, people are back working they're back in jobs again you know they're spending money on their day-to-day living you know but like you were probably very lucky that you Mm. got it set up when everyone was at home just buy buy packages coming in the door you know so like the first quarter was like better than i could have ever imagined and then it got to the summer when things started to like opening up again and like people were like allowed to go on like staycations and stuff and then i started getting a bit nervous because i was just like oh my God, everyone's going on like holidays and no one's buying gym clothes. Everyone wants to wear like their nice clothes again. And I was just like, was this just one of these like flash, like one hit wonder kind of situations? So Lauren, what I just saw on your Instagram today, very, very cool. British Vogue. I know. Do you know what? So I have, wait, let me see. see. So you might've seen this book on social media. It's called Manifest. Have you seen it before? It's called Manifest. So basically at the start of the year, with every other girl, I think, I sat down and I wrote out the next year of what my goals were, what like the really, really like up there goals were, what I was wanting to achieve. Had my like mood board and everything. And I was just like, this is what I want to achieve in 2022. On the top of it, was um, get featured in Vogue. And today when I woke up, I was like, tick. <laughs> that is crazy. Like So exciting. It's so exciting. Because I last year I'd featured in um, like Grazia and like The Independent and like a few other like really big ones. That was just amazing. And I still like anytime I see my stuff in press, I'm just like, it's such a, a pinch me moment. But yeah, Vogue was always one that I was like striving for. And yeah, to achieve that is just... Yeah, makes me really happy. <laughs> well done. Well done. That, no, that's amazing. That's, that's so cool. Like, did you know it was going to be put in there? I did. And I'll tell you why. Basically, my little sister is an actress. She went to, she studied in the Lear up in Dublin. Okay. And graduated there about two years ago and is now going to be starring in Conversations with Friends. It's coming out in, in May. Um, It's based on a novel by Sally Rooney. Um, the first book that Sally... Is it the first? No, maybe Conversations is the first, but there was a TV series called Normal People 
Um, I'm not sure if you yeah. watch it. Yeah. So it's it's by the same author um, and directed by the same director, Lenny. Um, but uh, it's like a totally different book, completely different themes, different stories. But she is in it and she was interviewed by Vogue. And so she did the little supportive did the magic. thing. <laughs> she did the magic and she's, oh, she's amazing. Like, she's so supportive. Like, we're really, really close as a family. And like, you know, everyone's like very much supportive of everything. We're all doing such different things things but like yeah our parents and all of our sisters are just so supportive of each other which is so lovely I have a twin sister and when we were younger we were literally like hyperactive like she could never keep us still and so she's make us do all sports to like wear us out so we did like ga running tennis ballet hockey swimming like literally everything and so like I think that's why I'm so sporty now because I literally did every single thing under the sun. We used to do surfing as well. Like we used to have a house up in the Hinch um, and we go like surfing every summer. So yeah, it's proper like water babies. I know before we got on here, you were talking about your mom. She must have been so supportive with this whole process. She has been. She's so like anything we do she's just like yeah go for it you want to travel the world like yeah do it like you want to set up a company like yeah sure you might as well and like I think that's actually really important to note because I think this is actually something else that I I've been thinking about it a lot recently like a lot of people are like yeah I want to start a business it's so easy like or not so easy but everyone's like yeah just get started and I was very lucky growing up that I had the privilege of you know going to a good school I didn't have any like I didn't I wasn't forced to get like a part-time job all I had to focus on was getting an education um I didn't have any dependence on me like I don't currently have like kids or anything that I have to you know provide for and thing like that so I'm in a really like privileged position that I have that like support network and I do have the kind of financial means to be able to set up a company so I think a lot of things you know you see a lot in the media at the moment they're like everyone's got the same 24 hours in a day or you're just not working hard enough and whatever I think sometimes you have to acknowledge your privilege that you know you grew up in a certain environment where people do push you to to succeed and do kind of support you into making you believe that you can do these things whereas I definitely acknowledge that like not everyone had that same upbringing as as I did and and to get to the point where I've gotten to, some people would have absolutely had to to graft harder or uh, overcome more barriers to to get to the point that I'm I'm at. So, and that's actually really nice for you to even say that, you know, because like I even say I think my, it's important. Though. It is. Yeah. It is really important. Like like I even say yeah. myself, like my dad and my mom were like so good, like challenging me yeah. constantly. So Lauren, selling. Is it all online? Are you in doors? Where are you? What's the goal for the future? Where are you at? So currently, currently I'm majority online. I actually, um, so the gym that I first ever did my pop-up in, it was like a, a boutique fitness gym called Milo and the Bull. And they do like rowing and like circuit kind of classes where it's sort of like a bit of cardio, a bit of um, like weights and strength and stuff. And um, I used to live just up the road from them and they were just so supportive of when I first started the company. They were like posting about it on their Instagram and everything. And then when gyms reopened again, um, 
can't remember was it like june time july time 2020 um they asked if i wanted to put some of my stuff up in their display unit so they sold kind of like hoodies and stuff themselves and they were like do you want to have like an in-person stall as well um and then yeah we worked out like a little negotiation and so people could actually go there try stuff on in person um and buy from there and so the gym so do you watch well you probably don't because you're away but do you ever watch made in chelsea have you heard of it before well i've heard of it i've never watched it though oh you've heard of it yeah so they do a lot of like filming and stuff there so like it's a it's quite like a, a well-known gym in okay. london so i definitely think it was you know it definitely brought in um a great like target market and target audience and stuff and kind of got the name out there as well so that really helped but then yeah I'm definitely looking into like wholesaling and stuff in the future there's a few department stores um that I would absolutely love to work with uh in the future so it'll just be a whole new world of Hit her wholesaling up. that Ollie, Ollie and <laughs> on Instagram yeah. Brown Thomas or Selfridges. <laughs> I actually... you got to get on this wave, Brown Thomas hey Selfridges. I didn't say it. <laughs> you heard it here first. No, I actually <laughs> I actually did have a meeting with them last year about a, a little pop-up thing. But um, we, yeah, I got to the final round of something and hopefully in the future, uh, that is something that I can re-explore again. But yeah, um, like even those kind of like scenarios where you're in these interviews and you're learning from them now I can guarantee yeah. you you're you're definitely going to say that next time you say I'm going to do it this way I'm going to do it differently yeah, you know, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah every week that goes by every month that goes by is like an absolute learning curve you just learn everything as you go and yeah build on that amazing do you know what I was just thinking as well we haven't even gotten to the story yeah oh my god yeah so how we met we haven't mentioned it yet you know and <laughs> It's such a crazy story. So basically... This is so funny. I was going over to my friend Amy in London. And I was going from Kerry Airport on the way over and... Wait, were you going to visit Amy then? I didn't realise it was... I didn't realise it was this trip. Yeah. This makes it even better. I thought... Oh my God, I thought you were just going over. This makes it even... No. Ten times better. Okay. I was actually going over to surprise Amy. Amy didn't know I was coming. Yeah. So I just arrived okay. outside her apartment. Okay. I was like, hi, um, the, pa- the, the courier delivery that I'm, I'm sending you a package. He's here now. And then she came down and I was like, hi, how's it going? Aww. Whatever, you know? <laughs> so basically, um, I was sitting on the very front row. So it was one... ABC and the door was there and there was just this guy and I was sitting next to this girl and that was fine I kind of just I did notice him and say you know he looks like a somebody because like he had like you know he had the hat the hat with he the feather the yeah. and then these yeah. high waist pants like with this leather jacket and I was like this fella's like kind of like well well west white yeah really really cool and then he had this kind of like a briefcase bag that was really kind of like rustic you know it was just it, <laughs> it was really good I was like who is this fella but anyways I said nothing and so we're sitting there anyway and next thing this guy <laughs> the <laughs> The air hostess comes over and it's like, um, would, it, would, would you like a drink, sir? And next thing he's like, yeah, um, can I get a, a Bloody Mary? And I'm like, it's like, uh, what is this for? I think he was like, and then next thing I remember you looked over at me. So the girl sitting next to me basically was Lauren. And okay. 
I was like, this fella doesn't realise he's on a Ryanair flight, like, do you know? I was like, yeah, I was like, he was like, I know it was the American accent as well. He was like, uh, do you guys have a Bloody Mary? And he was like, can I get a Bloody Mary? And we were just like, um, does he realise that we're on Ryanair and he can maybe get a Diet Coke if and a like shitty red wine or whatever, but he is absolutely not getting a cocktail. <laughs> and then, then he turns to me and was just like, Oh, do you know how to recline the seat? And I was just like, uh, these seats don't recline. <laughs> they are in fixed upright position. And I'm there thinking, just because you got seat 1A does not mean that 1A. you can recline the seat. Also, did you choose your did you choose your seat? Did you choose to sit there? I chose the seat, yeah. Okay, right, bougie. So my <laughs> little life hack, no, my little life hack for everybody, and I'm actually a little bit hesitant to share this secret and this tip because Everyone's going to be doing it, but, you know, I'm I'm generous like this. So I figured out that um, not really many people pay for it. You know, you're, you're going on right now because it's a budget airline. You want to get your flight for 30 quid or 20 quid or whatever it is. So nobody really pays the extra 15 pounds, apart from yourself, Kevin, <laughs> to get a front row seat, whatever, with the extra leg room. Or, you know, people are just so do the like random assignment. I figured out that if you don't check in until the very last minute, so you're really cutting it fine, but you're still within your time, those seats are always available. So I always get allocated either the exit seat or the aisle seat. So with extra legroom and I don't pay a penny extra. But anyways, there we are. <laughs> we can go on with this story. Uh, but, yeah. Michael O'Leary, if you're listening. Yeah. You... <laughs> I figured out the secret. I Michael was actually mentioned the la- in the last podcast as well with Rory's Travel Club. That's funny. And like I kind of just sniggered at the whole situation of like reclining the seat. It's like, what the hell? Next thing he said, oh yeah, you know what? I'll get like a, a vodka and a ginger ale. And they're kind of going, oh, sweet mother. This fella, <laughs> and that was grand. We're all like, you know, and then the food started coming, and uh, I got like oh a God, bacon butty, and he got a bacon butty. And next thing he comes out and he goes, I hope no one here is vegetarian. And next thing you said, Well, I am. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how the two of you ate that. Like, can we picture the scene? It's a hot, sweaty, wrapped in a plastic wrapper baguette with like, like shitty like meat that's probably been sitting there for like I don't know how long that's microwaved and just the smell of the hot Lauren it was and I had I had it on either side there was two boys on either side who were like pushing it on the elbow room at best anyways and then just the smell of it and he just turned to me and was just like hope you're not a vegetarian and I was like um, actually, I am. Like, but then, you know, no, it's fine. My sandwich. boyfriend needs steak. It's okay. It's like, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I Yeah. Said. And I remember kind of going, eating it, kind of going, oh my God. And then every time I like kind of finished, I kind of like covered it over. I was so kind. Yeah, yeah. You were trying to be so like kind and so like. But going out with your sweaty baguette, it was beautiful. No, no. Your body is a temple, Kevin. Your body is a temple. You need to be treating it better than a Ryanair microwaved bacon sandwich. Oh my God, we never said who it was. So, Step Brothers, the comedy movie. Oh my God. John C. Riley. So that's who was saying, it wasn't Will Ferrell, it was John C. Riley. And he's actually been in Ireland like the whole time now. Well, he's been on the Late Late Show. Apparently he's trying to get Irish citizenship or something. So I actually didn't recognise him when I first sat down and 
again, randomly, another person um, who I knew who was on the flight, my old neighbour who I used to babysit for like years ago, stepped on and he looked at me and he was like, oh, Lauren, how are you? Whatever. And then his face just changed. Like his face just completely dropped. <laughs> and then he was like, I'll text you. And I was like, mm, that was weird. Um, and he walked down his seat and then he was just like, cover your phone when you open this message. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what is he about to say? And then he was like, sent a screenshot of John C. Riley's face and he was like, that is who is sitting next to you right now. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then before you had sat down, my boyfriend was sitting like 10 rows back because um, we hadn't booked together and I'd gotten my random allocation seat up at the front, loving life. Um, and then I, he was like, please, like, please let that seat be free. Please let that seat be free, whatever. And then you sat down and he was like, well, you can't switch if you want. I was like, not a chance. <laughs> I'm having my moment with John C. Riley. <laughs> so we got off the plane, whatever, went in and we were still chatting on the shuttle bus all the way. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was so funny. Yeah, so we got yeah, there yeah. anyway and we got our bags and I walked out to the terminal and I said goodbye, whatever. And then yeah. went and then I just saw this camera crew and there were camera and there was microphones and everything else like that and I went oh there and I stood back and went watch this now they're going to nab him now you know so I was waiting and waiting yeah. and waiting and these camera crew were watching their rival's door now like a hawk and I was just standing back and then next thing this little child came over to them and was like oh my god can I see your camera whatever so they were like talking to the child the second they were talking to the child oh, no. he walked out John C. O'Reilly walked out and walked past, and I was like it was definitely for him the next thing one of the guys looked behind and he looked again and he was like unsure oh. and I was laughing and I was like you know what no I was like this is brilliant he probably <laughs> he probably doesn't even want to talk to these people and he just wants to go so I had started working in a new hospital I'd been working there for a couple of months then Amy Kevin's friend started working in the hospital right so she was only there at not even I'd say not even four days okay and obviously being Irish or whatever you know you have to look after each other so I was doing um, a bit of training with her and she, somehow we got talking about um, Kerry Airport and I was just like, oh, I was there in November and I was like, you'll never guess who was on my flight. And she was like, it wasn't John C. Riley by any chance, was it? And I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, how the hell, how, like, I was like, how would you possibly guess that name out of all? Like, I was just like, you A, have ruined my story <laughs> and B, what are the chances that you would guess that name just out of, out of the blue? And I was like, how did you know that? And she was like, oh, my friend was on the same flight. Um, he was saying about how he ordered a Bloody Mary and they got a bacon sandwich and was asking a seat to recline. And I was just like, no. I was just like, <laughs> I was sitting on that row. I was just like, I was beside him and your friend was beside me. Like, everyone, so this is in London, okay? I'm sitting in like a control room, in like the x-ray room, whatever, with like all my other colleagues. And it's just me and Amy. And they are all just turning around. They're like, no, seriously, how small is Ireland actually? Like, how how were you sitting next to your friend like when I didn't know you I didn't even know your name like I don't think we even exchanged names no we didn't no like and like Amy's from from Limerick um, I'm from Cork like we we literally have no actual connection really to each other apart from the fact that me and Amy are Ray Jagfers together and the fact that like I was sitting next to you who was her best friend who you'd been off flying over to and I hadn't even met her this was four months before I met the girl is just wild like it's so wild and I just love it because I feel like I've been living in London for like over 10 years now and like these kind of things happen to me 
all the time like I just I love the Irish connection I love the fact that like you have to be careful like you, you gotta treat people like nicely because you really never know Amy rang me one and she was like I got Irish brown bread today she was like did you bring oh, yeah. it <laughs> yeah. she was like it was the best day ever it was just like my mom's and she was like it was class Aww. so like you're really minding she's had a bit of a bad day she's a bit younger than me and she's had a bad day so I did the, the Irish mommy thing and just that was yeah, nice bought her in something to eat that was nice like then Amy rings me and she's Kevin you'll never guess and I was like what next thing she FaceTimes me and goes look who it is and I was like what the <laughs> hell I was like this is <laughs> Madness. It was such a small world. And Absolutely now, wild. two weeks later, we're on a podcast together, you know. I know. Funny how the world works, isn't it? I love it, though. I feel like these things are just meant to be. Lauren, marketing. That has worked for you, not worked for you. So, I am going to be a little bit different here in that what I was told, I'm not sure what everyone else has been told. And this is kind of for my experience as like a product you know, I'm not a services, I'm like a product thing. Everyone kept pushing me to, I need to get onto Facebook ads and um, I need to put in a lot of money on it because it brings in brand awareness and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and I've, I say Facebook ads, you run it off Facebook Business Manager for anyone who is new to this or whatever, you just, um, you run it through your own Facebook, but it's basically whenever you see ads on Instagram or you know that whole thing of like, you'll Google something mm-hmm. and then you're on Instagram and an ad will come up. It's because like all of that is being tracked. And I, you know, it was something that was kind of new to me. Again, just watch loads of YouTube videos and whatever, learned about the platform. And I put like a fair amount of money into running the ads and things like that. And I, I really didn't find that I was getting that much of a return. Um, I think if I was starting again from scratch, I honestly think that everyone needs to jump on TikTok. Oh. <laughs> I haven't personally had any viral videos or anything like that. But like when you're first starting out, your marketing budget is so low and you need to use the, you know, the best things accessible to you, but on your budget. So like Instagram and TikTok, um, and I mean, I really even think Instagram is fading out a little bit, but there are still so many more users on Instagram. So it depends on who your target market is. Um, But I just think like TikTok can blow up small businesses overnight. It really can. You know, it doesn't happen to everybody. There's no secret tool or whatever. You just have to be consistent. You need to just keep posting and posting and posting until one of them, you know, really takes off. And I think it could be disheartening for people because, you know, you can be putting up to like four or five videos out a day and like for a month goes by and you're still not getting any sales. But I think if you really do keep at it, it definitely, definitely helps. And it's free. You know, like I think. And the TikTok algorithm is in favor of the person trying to promote their business. That's what their business is. Like, if you ever listen to Gary V. Yes. Gary V is all about TikTok. He was like, if you don't go on TikTok, you're missing out. And you know what? TikTok's funny. Like, TikTok's hilarious. I think what everyone is so. jaded from is like all kind of influencers on Instagram and constantly being felt felt like they're being sold something to and there's this you know Instagram versus reality like that's a a very coined phrase because that is what it is Mm -hmm. there's Instagram with all the filters and whatever all this like my life is great I'm a millionaire I'm flying around private jets and then what actual reality is and I think especially after the last two years people are craving authenticity they want that human connection they want to feel the emotions they want to kind of 
be supportive or happy for things when things go well they want to see when things don't go so well and like you know be behind you in those times as well and I think TikTok is such a good platform for that because I feel like I'm so much more weirdly like it's it's still talking to a camera but I'm so much more comfortable making a fool of myself or being really like honest on TikTok compared to on Instagram I feel like Instagram you just get judged so much more or people I guess more of my school old school friends or whatever on it and you just are a little bit more like guarded with it or something I don't know and um, whereas TikTok I feel like everybody is so raw so authentic just doing it and it's just so natural yeah. like it's in it's like yeah. it's cropped videos that you did yourself they're not yeah. like really edited or anything like that it's just really straightforward yeah. I mean I love one of your TikToks and it was That's I think it. it was like oh my god have you seen my <laughs> I did I, I watched it today oh no oh god <laughs> and you like <laughs> fell over as if you were going dressing up for a night out and then you fell over into the fish fitness leader yeah. wear you know into the gym clothes and you just get up and you're all dressed up in the Ali Ali gear you know it's, yeah, it was brilliant <laughs> but no you can just be silly and you can have fun with it and you can show your personality and I think that really resonates with people because you know it's it's that phrase that I, I read at the very beginning of starting the journey where people buy from people so like you it might be like say a water bottle that you're buying and like everybody's got a water bottle you all everyone had they're all the kind of the same there's nothing like you're not reinventing the wheel if you're you know deciding to sell it but if you've got a good story behind it and you have like good brand values and really good branding and whatever people really resonate with that and they they feel like they're part of a community so i think yeah with with tiktok that really shows that like personable side of a business Lauren tell me about your product what's in the range God. the pricing what is in the range um, leggings sports bras I've got crop tops that have like a built in sports bra as well so say you're doing like yoga and things you're not having like a top falling over your head everything is very very compressive and stays in place the material has muscular compression so say you're going for a run it compresses your muscles and it helps with um um, the blood flow and with your recovery so that you actually recover faster because of the compression element um, that has UV protection and like this is all recycled materials which is crazy um, the t-shirt I'm wearing is part of it um, the slogan for Ali Ali & Co is make waves not waste um, this was made out of it's 100% recycled so when you are in a factory imagine they're making normal t-shirts and they're cutting out the pattern and then there's all this excess fabric that normally gets thrown away Instead, it's collected and made again into to normal fabric um, and then made it into t-shirts and it's 100% organic cotton. Um, I have sweaters, I have baseball cap. The t-shirts and the, the sweaters are unisex, so can't leave out the boys and same with the baseball caps. Um, yeah, I've I saw the baseball cap, they're cool. Well. I really like yeah, them. Yeah, they're yeah, cool. They're nice. I wear them all the time. Like I literally have a glue to my head. And then I am currently designing um a new collection that should be out at the end of the summer. Um again, still made in Portugal. It's just been a little bit slower. I'd actually looked at manufacturing in London. But because of Brexit, prices have gone up massively. Mm. And the fabric mill that I use is in Italy. Um, so importing all of that, it would just raise the prices way, way too high. So yeah, I want to keep it as kind of accessible. So all the price, it's all under 100 quid. The quality is good. So I think what I'm trying to really educate people on at the moment is that, yes, there are cheaper brands out there, but it's better to buy 
good quality things that you're going to have for years and years than, you know, wearing a pair of leggings that you're going to wear for like maybe a month or two and then they're going to start going see-through and things like that. Like you want to invest in good quality things that you know that you can trust the whole supply chain is as eco-friendly as possible. It's a pure conversation starter. I mean, to say that it's regenerated mm. ocean waste. This that I'm wearing is regenerated ocean waste. That's mad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just what, like, it it blows my mind. Like, there's so many, like, fast fashion companies out there now and, like, they're just making new stuff and we absolutely don't need to. Like, the there's so much fabric that we can use and, like, materials that we already have on the earth that we can use to, in to make into new products and we don't... We could literally stop manufacturing tomorrow with all the clothes that we have and still be able to make new stuff out of what we already have right now. I think people... It's becoming a lot more mainstream, which is really good. Um, and I just think if a small brand of, of one team member, like myself, can make it this way, then other big brands who have huge budgets absolutely can do the same too. Lauren, every podcast I ask the business owner, you know, about the highs and the lows of the business. The oh highs gosh. being yeah. sunshine, rainbows, the best day of your business so far that comes to the top of your mind. And then also you have the worst day you thought, oh my God, it is hitting the fan. Like nothing is going right, you know. Okay. Let's go for the low first and we'll end it on a high. Oh my gosh, the low... I would say, oh, this is such a stupid mistake and I'm so embarrassed to admit it, but I'm going to listen, bearing all here, learn from my mistakes. Now, I don't know if it's the same in the UK and Ireland, but basically in the UK, you um, don't have to be VAT registered. So that means like every everything you sell... Um, you, there's like a 20% VAT-ish on everything that you sell. Um, but if you're below a certain threshold, so if you're below like 80K revenue, you don't have to sign up for this. But for me to start working with this factory in Portugal, because I was a new brand, they'd never, you know, I'd never worked with any before. They were like, we do need you to be VAT registered. So I was like, oh, that's fine. You know, for the first few months, I, you know, obviously I wasn't at that threshold yet. I was only just starting off. Mm-hmm. Um. So I thought because I was below that threshold, even though I signed up for VAT because I hadn't reached the threshold, I, I didn't need to pay it. So then the end of the tax year came. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, I can't. But okay. come here. So Before you even tell us the result of what actually happened, just to let people know, like you're not supposed to know this stuff. And this you're is not what, taught this yeah. stuff in you're secondary not, school. No, you're not. And... I think stupid and basically I'm not trying to excuse my logic but it was a, it was a really stupid mistake but basically I had presumed because I was below the threshold I hadn't gotten an accountant at that stage and whatever I was paying other taxes um, corporation tax and stuff like that that I thought I was all above bar and whatever end of the tax year came bill came through and I was like here that's very high like I, I don't I shouldn't and I, I challenged it and they're like, no, 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 it's because this was your revenue and so this is how much you owe us. And like, guys, I'm talking thousands. Like, I had this like absolute amazing Christmas, say, like everything, like Christmas, I was like, oh. all these packages were going out. I was sitting there taking pictures of the stacks of the, the packages going out, loving life. And then, yeah, got brought swiftly back to earth when I had to pay that bill. And after that, then I was like, right, I'm getting an accountant and I needing to because I think when you first start off a business as well I I've never even worked in like a corporate sense or I haven't worked in like even an office and stuff so like the kind of normal structures that you'd have in a business I was very much like winging everything um 
And yeah, I think that was definitely a huge lesson in like really looking at the business as a proper legitimate business and, you know, thinking of like, so if someone from outside came in, how would you expect the company to be run and whatever? And it's when I really tried to up my game and take it really seriously and be like, no, this is actually, this isn't fun and games. Like this is, this is like legitimate now. So that's, that's a low. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And like, and say it again, it is okay that you did not know that. Obviously yeah. it hit you like a ton yeah. of bricks when you got that bill Oh yeah. and all that money that you thought was going to oh, be I cried. cash flow like I for I was new <laughs> regeneration the business again mm. and say, wow, I, 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 yeah. I want to such a, a good wavelength now, you know, and then yeah. gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like, come on, let's go. The high, wipe the slate clean. <laughs> okay. The high was um, kind of two things. So I love doing, because at the very beginning when I first started, we were talking about how I did one pop-up and then that was it. Like I wasn't really able to do any other like in-person events. And then in the second year was when I really upped my game with different um like events. And I did beach clean and a riverside cleanup um, with our ocean charity partners that we had loads of people out who were learning about ocean plastic for the first time and had like a pop-up afterwards. And then on Black Friday this year, I got to partner with that um the gym that I'd been selling my stuff in. We did like a charity fitness class um for our ocean uh, partners and then I got to go to Cork and do a fitness class in Marina Market with Lean with Leslie. She's a Cork personal trainer, phenomenal woman, she's amazing. And I got to have like a stand and my mum came down to help me like the poor woman was so overwhelmed. We had like after the class like so many people were like flocking to the stall and she was just like this is chaos, like this is insane. But like, again, made loads of sales and like everyone who came to the classes um, donated towards the ocean conservation charity. And um, we had a UK one and an Irish one. And it was just so nice to have a, like bringing everyone together, also bringing people together and like doing it for a charity thing that was, you know, really, really tied to the company. Getting people to do a fitness class. Some people who, you know, some of my friends who were there who don't really go to the gym or whatever, they came out, they did the class. They were like, that was really fun. Like got my sweat on and whatever. And it just made, uh, it made me realize how big of a community I've managed to build over the last, you know, two years. And to be able to do something instead of the normal mass Black Friday sales, to be actually, to be able to do something for good and to be able to help issues that are very close to my heart. Uh, that was just such a, a pinch me moment that, I've made a company that can do that as well. And you know what? And plus, you had your mom there to see this craziness. Yeah. Honestly, she was just, yeah, because like I've been over here now for so long and like she always wants to help out. Her and dad both want to help out with like the company all the time and like they're so interested in it and whatever. And like for her to be able to be there in person and, and watch me making sales and, and whatever and actually get to see it in real life was, yeah, it was a really special moment. Lauren, any advice for people that are either in business or, you know, looking to get into business, tips, tricks, tactics? I think, actually, I'm going to say one of the worst bits of advice I was given before I had launched was by a friend of mine who she isn't in business herself. And I think she was doing it just I think she gave me this advice because she was trying to kind of protect me and and whatever. But she told me to not tell anybody, like, don't tell a soul until you've got it up and running and and whatever. Just, I guess, in case anything goes wrong. And, you know, it, it, it was a very big jump to go from, like, Ray Jagfi to what I was doing. And I actually, looking back, think that that was the worst thing I could have done because I think if I was starting again, 
I would have been shouting it from the rooftops, kind of from the get-go. I would record everything. And this is, again, if you're doing, say, a product-based business or even, you know, even if you're setting up a gym or any sort of company or whatever, I would record everything that you're doing at the very beginning and I would take your new customers on the journey with you so that by the time that you get to launch and you get to open the doors of your shop or you get to launch your thing online, you already have this community of followers who are, who've seen your struggles, who've seen you get to the moment where you finally are selling and they are so part of the journey and they are so ready to, to support you in that. And they've lived through it with you, you know, mm. and you just... yeah, and you involve them in the, the conversations as well. So like with with the new collection I'm doing now, I put up like Instagram polls of like, right, do you prefer pockets on leggings? Yes or no? Is this an essential? Do you like sports bras like this? Which colors do you like? Whatever. And all these like yes and no questions. So like my new collection is literally formed from what my customers currently want Love and it. what they want to see in the future and so you know you feel like you I'm making it for them you know like I'm not making it for myself though obviously like <laughs> I love the stuff too yeah. I wear it every single day but I am making it for the customers by, from what they want and I think if you really feel like part of the, the process with it then you know you've already got a fan base and a customer base that are ready to, to buy as soon as as soon as you're ready to sell oh my gosh you're absolutely going places <laughs> <laughs> no but I'm talking I'm saying all this stuff and I'm like oh all this knowledge but it's literally because I I hand my heart can say that I think I've made every mistake that there can be on in the book like I honestly do and I think you know a lot of my other friends who've set up companies they've come from like a marketing background or a sales bar background or can work excel spreadsheets and stuff whereas I literally started from like scratch like I really had nothing so like everything I've learned has really had to be just like learn as you go yeah. you know and like you know I, I wouldn't change it like I feel like I've, I've done a master's in this last two years in like all of that on, in business you know I think so many people think that they have to do degrees and, and all this but like you've got the internet you can just just google it TikTok Instagram YouTube TikTok Instagram yeah. and ask people don't be afraid to ask reach out all that what's the worst they can say no then ask someone else and they should be on the same kind of thing that they all started somewhere as well you know if you can give someone a bit of a help up you know you always have to put down the ladder to help other people up you know yeah exactly Um, Lauren thank you very much for being a guest on the Bistrepreneur podcast no worries Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the 12th episode of the Bistrepreneur Podcast. We're back next Thursday, 7th of April. Give it a like, share, review, comment on your story, whatever it may be. I appreciate it all. Go on to Spotify and Apple and give me a bit of a star rating, please. Look, I'm really enjoying it. I have, I'm trying to keep it that it's like male, female, male, female every week. So any suggestions, DM me and we'll go from there. Adios, bye. Bye. Bye.